God's grace, his mercy, and his peace to you on this Thanksgiving evening. And as you can tell by the things around us as we're on the, uh, just the footsteps of Advent and, of course, Christmas, um, the readings you just heard read are, frankly, the readings that are probably almost every year for Thanksgiving. And uh, Pastor Ted and I have probably preached on any one of these three any number of times, and I'm not going to talk about any of them tonight. How's that? So we're going to go, if you heard in Luke read just a moment ago from Luke 17, uh, I would like to look at Luke 18 this evening, uh, which is not your typical Thanksgiving or unThanksgiving text, but I'd like to use it, and I'd like you to be thinking about what it means to be unthankful. So if you want to look up Luke 18, you're welcome to do so. I'm going to read. You can catch up with me in a moment or whenever you get to it in your own pew Bible or in your own app or wherever you might have Luke 18, 9 to 14. He told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So I'm going into this evening with kind of this thought in mind. It was the aspect of the impact of being unthankful. Not picking on it because you probably do the same thing as I do, but it somehow drives me more crazy than the whole let's keep Christ in Christmas as to let's keep Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving and not make it Turkey Day. I listened to the news twice today, and each time they said, here's the weather for Turkey Day. And I thought, I did not know that we were celebrating Turkey Day. Well, I do know that because that's all we seem to hear is it's Turkey Day, Turkey Day, Turkey Day. Are you having ham? Does that offend you, by the way? I'm just wondering. We're having turkey, but I still don't consider it turkey day. And the concern I have is is that there almost seems to be this push. The more we talk about that, we lose sight of this, is the fear of saying thanks. Is there some underlying fear that we have as a nation, or at least weathercasters, of being thankful for anything that we have? And so is it a problem that we have of being unthankful? Frankly, I do notice, other than just renaming the day, and that's not the worst thing in the world, don't get me wrong, I've got other things I can be bothered by, but is there something about the lack of thanks that we have as a society? The expectation that we build that what I've done is for me and that my unthankfulness may be something which influences how I think how I act and what I say. And so I thought this particular text spoke well, especially as we start on the front end with our dear friend the Pharisee, who uses the word thanks, I realize, but I wonder how thankful he is because as he rolls through this text, as he rolls through his own words before God, he seems to be speaking more to himself than to God. And I tried to emphasize this a little bit as I read the text, but I just want you to hear it again. He says, God, I 
thank you, that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. I, I, I. There's something about that I that continues to just pound through the text that as he looks at himself, I'm offended by the fact that he would look at himself to say, I am something. I am not like the rest of people, not just the tax collector who he pointed out that day, but I wonder who else was present as he stood off to himself. And I almost wonder if he didn't puff out his chest and look at others and say, I am not like anyone else here. Almost to the fact I'm wondering if he feels that God should be thankful for him because he is such a wonder. I'm not like the rest, he says. Or he does talk about specifically extortioners, unjust, adulterers. Specifically, I'm not like this one. And I suppose we could, you know, speak too. Again, I was watching the news, so I guess I could talk about those who are in the schools and inappropriate with children. I'm not like them. I'm not like those who have road rage and run people off the road and knock people on Harley Davidson's to the side. I am not like those who didn't pay attention in the chemical plants and allow explosions to go off. I'm certainly not, you know, sloppy. I'm not like that at all, God. I'm not a murdering terrorist. I'm not any of these things. And it isn't amazing that whether it's the Pharisee or us, we love to give bad examples of others to point out how wonderful we are. And I think the heart of that is our lack of thankfulness. And as soon as we focus in on the I, we automatically begin to put God off and put him to the side. Five times he says, I. Ungrateful, I say. Self-centered, entitled, unengaged, uncaring, unfeeling. I think, unhappy. And even though he starts with, thanks, God, nowhere in there do you get the sense by which he says, by your grace I am here, or by your love, or by what you are, by who you are. I give thanks for who you are and what you've done, and yet his thanks is for himself and what he's accomplished. It burns me a little bit. To the point I'm going to say, I'm not like that Pharisee. Oh, shoot. I'm comparing myself so I look better. It's his fault. He started it. The danger of I. Frankly, preaching is fun because we get to stand this much higher than everybody else. So... You know, if I can get you down there, all three, I'm better off because I'm at least standing here looking down at you. I, what about the other guy? He stands too, but it senses it differently as Jesus talks about these two. Instead of standing high and above, it says he stood 
afar off. It, it sounds like the sense of almost backing away into the wall, not wanting to be noticed, not really wanting anyone to pay attention to him. He wanted to get himself where no one really worried about who he was and what he was about to say. He was before God, and it says he stood afar off. It reminds me a little bit of others who were far off. I remember when Peter, when Jesus was taken after he'd messed up so badly, stood and followed afar off. I remember the lepers who in 17 came up to Jesus, stood afar off. Far off isn't normally good, but you know, when it comes to the difference between the I and I'm in the center versus someone who stands afar off and understands God to them, to the point where it says there, he did not even lift his eyes up to God. This posture certainly is humility, but I would also suggest to you that the posture is one of thankfulness. He's humble and contrite. And it says he beat on his chest. Isn't that an interesting picture? Now, I don't know a lot about Jewish society at that time in terms of beating on the chest. But I do know this, is if I make a mistake, and I make them often anymore, I usually go like this. Think, 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 think. What were you, wow, that hurts, thinking. What were you thinking? I wonder if that motion was somewhat reminding himself it's a matter of the, the heart. See, unthankfulness gets us in that place where we become self-centered, entitled, unhappy, wanting it all for ourselves, wondering why we don't have more, letting other people know that we really are ungrateful. But the one who starts with the heart, the one who begins in a humble way reminds us that thankfulness is about recalling that God is God. Now, I believe his humility and his contrition was certainly understanding who he was. But, you know, there's nothing in this text that tells us he was a cheat, although they were normally known to be cheaters. Nothing tells us that he wasn't a believer. In fact, guess where he showed up? But the temple. Somehow the understanding for him, and not only humility, but I believe thanksgiving, and I will say that for him, was understanding the place of God in his life and the place of God in his heart. And if there's anything else that you are doing today and tomorrow, I would say this, is to remember ourselves, no matter what your social standing for him, or for you and me. Our intellectual abilities or shortcomings, our financial issues, that the place that we start, first of all, is to have a heart to know that God is above all and he is the one place for thanksgiving. It would be tempting 
for him and for us today to protect ourselves and to provide a standing of why we do deserve it. And yes, we immediately can fall into comparing ourselves. But when we compare ourselves, in this case, to a tax collector, we can say, without the grace of God, without the forgiveness we talked about earlier in the service, we would have nowhere to stand. As you go out tonight, I hope you think about your thanksgivings. I'm thankful for so much, and I realize how little of it I really truly deserve. I don't deserve a wife who loves me. I think you do. I don't deserve the children who put up with me. Sorry, David. I don't deserve a congregation who puts up with me and loves me. Despite my failings and failures and falls. But I do believe it's been the grace of God by which you have put up with me because somehow it's been a recognition that God is bigger than the pastor or even pastors. And I thank God for other people on this staff who make my day and every day of my life more joy-filled, for children in this congregation who smile at Peggy Joe, for parents who continue to show a vision for living each day to its fullest and not saying it's time to quit on that because we're in our late 80s, for people who come out on a worship evening even though their health hasn't been so good and hot, they still make it a priority to be a part of a congregation who loves them and loves the Lord. For family who I see together, some of you taking, you know, more than half a pew, but, you know, the aspect of you or some of you sitting by yourselves because your spouses are in the choir or your spouses are with the Lord. I'm thankful because God has put us together in a unique and wonderful place. This morning, Pastor Ted and I were in a meeting with uh, our Harvest Partnership, and I know you hear about this here, there, and everywhere, but I'm thankful that as a congregation you've been trusting to say, yes, even though we may not always understand it, we know that it's right and salutary that we plant churches because it's not only good that we grow as a church here where we are and impact this community around us, but that millions of people around this city are dying without Jesus and that we need to continue to put churches everywhere we can so that the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached. Not that we could stand and say, I, I, or we, we, but God be merciful to us and help us be thankful that we have the gift of the gospel to share because it's not about us it's about him Lord Jesus we thank you we thank you God we sang it earlier now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices we thank you God because we have the unique opportunity to be people called by the gospel empowered and enlightened by your gifts your Holy Spirit guiding and directing us. Thank you, Lord, because you have heard us when we're ungrateful. You have heard us when we're ungiving. You have heard us when we're unengaged. You have heard us when we're untenable. You have heard us 
when we are so full of ourselves and still you have loved us and loved us so we can love others. Help us to celebrate, yes, some with turkeys, but a day that's so much richer than a day about food, but a day about thanksgiving, that it pours into thankful lives, that like one man who walked out of the temple that day, that we know as we have been forgiven, we are also forgiven, free, and thankful. We pray this in the name of our cornerstone, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's rise and sing. Mm -hmm.